Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. We have been on this series called Tensions, living in the in-between. How many of you have felt tension in your life over the last weeks, months? It's hard to believe. It's almost coming up to a year. We won't even talk about that. But you know what? Not all tension is bad. How many of you have experienced this? Some tension is good. It's actually needed. Like your body needs tension. Otherwise, you would be a bag of bones just sitting there. You know what? Tension is when you put tension on your muscles, they get stronger. Tension in music creates the feels. And there's all sorts of different kind of good tension. Everyone say tension. Tension. You know what? Even we all exercise good tension almost every day when we, when we exercise hope. You know, I hope it's going to be a good day. I hope this business deal is going to go good. I hope I don't get homework today. There's that hope is that tension between your reality and your ideals. There's a tension there. And, you know, I like how Mike, he quoted Andy Stanley last week. He said, you know what, most of, most of what we face in life aren't actually problems. They're tensions to manage. And a lot of the things that we want to try to get, I wish this would just go away. I wish we, it would just stop. I wish we could get rid of it. It's actually a tension to manage. In fact, a lot of times the change that we want to see in our life or maybe even the change that we want to bring to the world around us, it's not just i got to solve a problem. It's actually about tensions that if we learned how to manage these tensions, we would see change come. We would be able to bring change to the circumstances and to the situations of our life. For example, growing your business. If you got that as, a, as this something that you want to see change, you want to see that business thrive, you know what? It, it, there's a tension between working hard and not neglecting the important relationships of your life. True? It's true. How about, how about those of you, you want more of a more connected family? Well, there's this tension Maybe between your involvement in activities for the kids to have them well-rounded people, but then also not having such a full schedule that you actually can't do family. See, there's a lot of tensions in life, even when it comes to having compassion for people. Maybe that's something that you really want to grow in. Well, there's this tension of being able to really care in a heartfelt way for people, but not being overpowered and overcome by the burdens that other people carry. See, there's tensions that we need to manage. And when we manage these tensions, that's when we can begin to see change take place in our life, in our world. So where does this tension come from? Well, it comes from the two realities that we live in here on the planet. The reality of God's kingdom here, but God's kingdom isn't quite here yet See, Jesus, when he came, he came declaring God's kingdom is here now on the earth. Everyone say now. And you know what? If you're watching online, type in now. Say God's kingdom is now here in my life, but it's not yet. And we all know about the not yet part. But see, when Jesus came declaring that God's kingdom through his life, 
his death, and his resurrection. He was making possible God's kingdom. In fact, what happened at the cross was this. When Jesus went to the cross, he took all of the pain, all of the sin, all of the brokenness, all the power of evil and darkness that was ruling on the planet, and he absorbed it into himself, and when he died, it died with him. That's why, you know what he was saying? If you remember the story of Easter, if you remember the crucifixion, there were three words that Jesus said on the cross. If you remember what church online, you can type those words in, the three words Jesus said on the cross. Church in the room, what are those three words, you know? It is finished. You know what, Jesus, he wasn't just saying his life is finished. What he was declaring was that the work he came to do was finished. But there was also something else he was saying. Part of the work he came to do was to end the enemy or the powers of darkness in this world, was to end their right to rule. It's ended. It is finished. The enemy is defeated. And that's when Jesus, when he rose again, he said, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And guess what? I'm sharing it with you. The Holy Spirit living in us is a carrier of the all power and authority of Jesus in heaven and on earth. That's what we get when we trust and follow Jesus. That's pretty potent. That's the new reality over our lives. And it's also the tension. Because if Jesus has all power and authority, then why the heck do I still struggle with fear? If Jesus has all power, why do I still struggle with anxiety? Why is there authority that is corrupt? Why do bad things still happen? Well, our world's still broken. This is the tension. And the tension that we're going to look at today, it's the tension of being winners, yet we fight. We're winners, yet we fight. And this fight we're called to, it's a different kind of fight. See, the fighting that we're familiar with, it's a fight of getting. Yes? Every parent of preschoolers knows this. Roll the clip. This is just for a good laugh because it's so funny, and you don't need to turn the lights down because it's just a short little clip. Roll it. Dixie cup at the water fountain on the other side. That was from about eight, nine years ago, six years ago. Okay, Xander and their cousins fighting over who got the smashed Dixie cup. And did you notice mom was trying to hold out another Dixie cup, but it wasn't nearly as good as the one your cousin had because you want it so bad. Come on, we know this. We fight to get, don't we? Whether it's we fight to get our way, 
We fight to get our way in our relationships. We fight to get our opinion heard. We fight to get what we want to try to fill that hole in our soul. But see, the way we're going to, if we're going to manage this tension of being winners that fight, we need to fight in a different way. We need to learn a different way of fighting. And it's this. It's pretty easy. This is what Jesus did. Jesus fought to gain, but we fight to remain. Jesus fought to gain. We fight to remain, to stay in what Jesus fought to win. Colossians 1, to 23, this is a verse, this is a translation mashup. This is the Passion and the Voice translation. This is one of my favorite sections in Scripture. Even though, everyone say even though. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he, Jesus, reconciled, reconnected you back to himself he released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. Jesus gained the right for us to be in God's presence again. And now, look at this. There is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy flawless and restored as long as you stay planted in the faith. In other words, as long as you remain. Everyone say remain. Online, type in remain. See, I need to remain. As long as you stay planted in the faith, don't venture away from what you have heard and taken to heart. The living hope of the good news has been announced to all creation under heaven. This wasn't just about pray this prayer and someday you'll go to heaven. This is about a reality that Jesus made possible. Now, you know, in the New Testament, over 120 times, we find the words keep, remain, stay planted, stay, stand, stay rooted. We don't fight to get, we fight to stay in what Jesus fought to win. And here's the other thing. Jesus fought by binding we fight by reminding. Jesus fought by binding. We fight by reminding. Another Colossians verse, Colossians 2.15. Just get this picture. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness. See, this is the behind the scenes what was going on at the cross. This was in the part of reality that we can't see, that wasn't seen by human eyes. In fact, a lot of people, a lot of scholars, a lot of really smart people believe that the book of Revelation isn't about a someday coming when and the end of time and, you know, the whatever, the Jesus, you know, I was going to say land before time, but that's not it. What was that series called? Left Behind, Land Before Time. It kind of rhymes. But a lot of scholars actually believe the book of Revelation was revealing what went on during the cross, at the cross, part of the cross that we couldn't see. 
This is what we couldn't see. Jesus making a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon, all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as bound prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Isn't that powerful? Fear, anxiety, sickness, disease, all of the mental torment and anguish, things like loneliness, regret, shame, guilt, condemnation. They were all prisoners bound, and Jesus was leading them in a triumph, saying, you are, not my, you are my prisoner, I am not yours. We're winners, but we fight. We fight. By remaining and reminding, we remind the enemy of what happened at the cross. You want one verse? Yes, one verse. Colossians 2.15, write it on a card, stick it on your mirror, stick it on your dash, stick it where you're going to see it, and that is your reminding fighting verse. How do we fight? By remaining and reminding, and see, this is where what we've been talking about over the last several weeks, spiritual practices or disciplines, this is where they really come into play. And if you're just joining us for the first time, you haven't been part of the, the, the series we did a few months, about two months ago called The New F Word, just go online, go in the, get caught up, r listen to those. But the very, very practical things, spiritual practices are exercises that we practice to keep us tuned in or engaged in the reality that God is with us. They keep us tuned in to God's presence and love with us all the time. Things like prayer, scripture before phone, Sabbath, silence, solitude, all of these things, a daily meal with others, fasting, and there's so many other spiritual exercises. You're probably doing some different ones yourself. But these spiritual practices, you know what they, they actually are like? They're like sticky notes. How many of you have like sticky notes when you need to remember something? Oh, I, there's a pink sticky note on our door right now because my husband is going to go hunting. And it's like, put out the black bin on Wednesday morning so the garbage will get picked up. Uh, sticky notes all over the place. Remember, sometimes, you know, some people you go in the house like sticky notes. What are sticky notes? They're reminding us of things that we want to remember. So they're important things. We don't want to forget them. Thank God for sticky notes. Well, you know what? Spiritual practices or disciplines are actually like sticky note reminders for us during the day. They remind us that God is with us. They remind us of the reality over our lives, that God loves us, that God is for us. They help us be aware because I don't know about you, but it's super easy to forget. It's easy to get caught up in what needs to be done at work. It's easy to get thrown off by three little preschoolers yelling at you, and your day started really great in peace, and then it kind of goes downhill as soon as they all get up. You know, or whatever, whatever it is, it causes you to forget, whether it's just the busyness of life or activities, or maybe it's really big stuff that you're, you're, you're trying to get together and, and try not to be overcome by. It's easy to forget that's why we need these reminders. That's why there's something so powerful about having a reminder in your phone or on your device or whatever. Praying daily throughout the day. I got my little reminder comes on at noon. Take a pause. 
a gratitude moment. See, if we forget the reality of our lives, we can't fight. If we don't remember, how can we remind? If we don't remember the reality over our lives, that we live in the now, also the not yet of God's kingdom, but we live in the now of God's kingdom. How do we we fight if we forget that Jesus has shared all his power and his authority with us? See, we need to remember so we can remind. So, what does this look like, practically speaking, in our everyday lives? Well, there are four rings that we fight to stay in and four moves to keep us there. Four rings that we fight to stay in, not to get in. There are four rings that we fight to stay in and four moves to keep us there. You ready? Every fight, every problem, Every challenge you face in life has to do with one or a multiple of all these rings. So you learn how to fight in these, you can learn how to fight and win in every circumstance. Number one, the first ring is, it's our person. Our person or our identity. The enemy's number one attack is against your identity. Who Jesus says you are. Now there's a story You can read it later in Luke chapter 4 or Matthew chapter 4. And it's the first time that Jesus faced off against the enemy as a man. Not just as God, as a man. And he went into the wilderness for 40 days. He'd been fasting. And then the enemy came and he tempted him with a statement. Actually twice he said, if you are the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from this building and God will send his angels to catch you. (laughs) You know what? If you just bow down and worship me, I'm going to give you all these kingdoms. If you are the son of God. See, what was he doing? He was challenging Jesus' identity. If you are God's son, You know what had happened right before Jesus went into the desert for 40 days? Right before that, he'd been baptized, and there was an audible from heaven, this is my beloved son, the one that I'm well pleased with. And right away, on the heels of that, there comes a voice, if you are God's son, if you are God's son, And you know, that's what the enemy does to us. If you are, if you are, then why? If you are, then why? Who are you? Who are you? See, the enemy has no legal right over you. But oh, he does use what he does have, his power to accuse. That's why he's called the accuser. That's literally what When you see the word Satan in scripture, Satan isn't a capital word. It's not his name. The Satan. The accuser. That's what that word means. Satan means, it simply means accuser. And all his power now, he's just like he's trapped in the sidelines. If you can imagine him thrown in prison. And you know, have you ever seen, you know, you see the pictures of the prisoners are taunting you from behind the bars? 
You know, as you imagine, he's behind bars, but he's, he can taunt, and he uses really good, really good ideas, and he can twist things just so that we believe them. So what's the move? Well, here's the move. You silence the accuser. You silence the accuser. Revelation 12, 10, the accuser of our family has been thrown down. The one who accuses them before God day and night, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So you silence the accuser by knowing who God says you are. Now in your notes, there is a section called who I am in Christ. And if you're following along online, the moderators are hopefully going to be able to put an image online that you're going to be able to grab. You're going to see all the I am statements in Christ. Who I am in Christ. If you're not following along in the app, it's a good reason to get the app. You can follow along with the notes. I am. Who does God say that I am? Well, he says that I'm a child of God. He says that I am, as a disciple, I'm a friend of Jesus. I have been bought with a price. I have been chosen by God. I am adopted as his child. I am redeemed. I am forgiven. I am complete in Christ. There are about 31 I am in Christ statements. Who you are. You need to know who you are. Because when you're sitting at home, lonely, feeling isolated, feeling cut off. You need to, and the enemy comes in, it's like, you are going to be alone. You were alone. Nobody cares. Nobody remembers you. Nobody's thinking about you. You're going to be alone forever. You are, and then fill in the blank. See, when that accusation comes, you need to say no. I am perfectly loved. I am accepted. I am a child of God. I am a part of a big family. I am complete in Christ. I have been chosen. I am adopted. That's a reality that we, we throw right back. We silence the accuser. Number two, so our first ring is our person. The second ring is our place. Our place, Colossians 3.3, your crucifixion or your baptism is what he's referring to with Christ, has severed the tide of this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. Ephesians 2.6, he also raised us up with him, or with Jesus, and has seated us with him in the heavenlies, in Christ Jesus. What's the move? Stay where Jesus has put you. Stay where Jesus has put you. This is where prayer is so helpful because it keeps us anchored in the reality. My life isn't just about what's going on in this world. I don't have to be overcome. I don't have to be under the circumstances of this world that are trying to overwhelm me, trying to make me fearful, trying to make me anxious. I don't have to live under anxiety. I don't have to live under fear. I don't have to live under whatever it is that you you feel is over you because you are seated. We are seated in Christ, with Christ, in the heavenly places with him. What does that look like? I have no clue. I just know with Christ, who has all power and authority, that's above anxiety, that is above fear, that is above, above every negative report, that is above isolation. 
that is above whatever it is that would try to weigh you down. And we need to remind ourselves who I am in Christ. And that's where, again, those in Christ statements, they are only a reality because of being in Christ. See, on my own, I am not complete. On my own, I'm not an overcomer. On my own, I'm lonely. Who I am in Christ. We remind ourselves where you stay, where Jesus has put you. Number three, the third ring is our power. The third ring we stay in is our power. You don't have to fight to get power. Jesus has already shared his power with you as we trust him, as we follow him. Back to Jesus' face off against the enemy. If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, if you worship me, look at what the words that he used. The enemy comes at Jesus with if, and every single time Jesus responds, it is. The enemy only has maybes to work with. But we have a definite. See, when the enemy, he comes at Jesus with a maybe. Maybe you're God's son. Maybe you're God's son. Jesus comes back with a definite. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that God speaks. It is written. Don't test the Lord your God. It is written. Worship the Lord your God and only serve him. It is written. It is written. See, here's the move. When all the maybes start pulling out, you you fight with the definites and you know what if this written word if God's word was enough power for Jesus I think it's enough power for us if Jesus used God's word against all the ifs of the enemy I think it'll work for us too in your notes there's another section online you're watching. They're going to put up an image in there. It is written statements. There are a ton of it is written. These are just some basic ones to get you started. It is written, my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 419, Psalm 9115. When you are in trouble, call out to me and I will answer. I will be there to protect you and honor you. That's God's, it is written for you. Those who do right will receive a good reward. Proverbs eleven eighteen. If God cares so wonderfully about the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He'll certainly care for you. Matthew six thirty. There are so many. It is written statements there. It is written. So we fight a per, in a, the ring of our person, the ring of our place, the ring of our power, and this last one. Our peace. Our peace. Regardless of what your emotions are telling you. You have peace with God. Not because of circumstances, but because of what Jesus has done. See, we don't have to get peace. We fight to stay in it. And what is this move? Well, it's the move of taking control over your soul. Taking control over your soul, over your mind, over your heart, your thoughts. Why don't we experience peace then? Why are we so overwhelmed with anxiety? 
all the other things that would threaten to disrupt our peace, try to pull us out of peace. You know what? It starts with one little thought. And I'm so fascinated by the fact when the enemy against Jesus in the wilderness, two letters, if, if, if. It's not big things. A lot of times it's the little things. One little thought left unchecked. One negative emotion that we actually don't deal with. They become what scripture describes as strongholds, really deep embedded things in our thinking and in our believing. So instead of living in and believing the reality that I have peace with God through Jesus, I'm overcome by anxiety. I'm overwhelmed by fear. I'm thrown off by stuff not going the way I want it to go. I'm overwhelmed by disappointment instead of in that peace. Why is that? It's because those, we've allowed one little thing to go unchecked. You know what strongholds are? Strongholds are where war breaks out. 2 Corinthians 10.4, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments, every proud thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. This is about bending our thoughts to God, to his love for you, to the reality of who we are in Jesus Christ. You know, and this is where immediately, and this is where you start having conversations with yourself all the time. And when you find those little thoughts come in, it's like you disown them. Don't own them. Just because they're in your head doesn't mean they're you. Just because they're in there doesn't mean they're real. Doesn't mean that that's a reality. Oh, well, they said, mah, 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 and they must mean, mah, 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 and you know what they're thinking about you? No, shut up. I have this conversation. There's a hair on this microphone. It's driving me nuts. Okay. Anything opposite of peace, you stop it and you're like, no, that's not true. That is not true. If, if, if it is written, it is written, it is written. Man, if you don't have the practice of getting into God's word daily, you're missing out on some really powerful ammunition. <laughs> In fact, you can't win without it. See, why did Jesus actually go off into the wilderness to face off against the enemy? Did you ever think about that? He didn't go off to prove he was more powerful than the enemy. We need to remember that there was absolutely no contest in this match. There is not an equal match between good and evil. Our culture and the stories of our culture have us think that. Evil is powerful. Good is more powerful. Which will win? God has no equals. See, Jesus faced off against the enemy not to prove he was more powerful. Jesus faced off against the enemy to prove that in him we are. He was showing us how to stand and withstand. He was modeling the way for us to engage so that when fear, anxiety, worry, and whatever other kind of emotions come barreling in, you know how to stand. 
When unforgiveness has a chokehold, you know how to respond. When a diagnosis comes, you know how to respond. When your spouse leaves, you know how to stand. When the economy takes a nosedive and all your investments with it, you know how to stand. You know where to stand. When you don't have a job, when CERB is running out, when this isn't happening, when no one seems to be around, when you feel alone, you can stand. See, if we forget that in Jesus the fight has already been won, we will try to fight on our own and we will lose every time there is only one way we win and it's in him we fight by remaining and reminding and if we're going to remind we need to know what we are reminding him of I want to invite you to stand I want you to close your eyes I want to pray for you and I want to start those watching online don't tune out you got to wait you know what in fact at the end Stay on because there's some questions for discussion. If you're with your family or watch, watching with others or by yourself or whatever, there's some discussion questions that are going to come up at the end of the service. But I want you to stay on for another reason. I want us to engage in this room. I want to invite you to close your eyes. And see, the reality is you're a winner. But it's only in Jesus. I want to read you another verse in Colossians, and I want you to I want you to listen to this, and I want you to hear because if you don't know this reality of your life, today we're going to pray together. We, online, you're going to have an opportunity to pray too, of saying yes, that I want this reality to be the defining reality over my life. I want to follow Jesus in living out this reality through the divine authority of his cross. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, our shameful failure to keep his laws, he deleted it all. They cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed into his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Do you know deep in your knower that all you used to be, all your sin, all your failure, all your weakness, it's been deleted. It cannot be retrieved. You know what? To say yes to following Jesus is this reality. It becomes real for you. It already is a reality. Now it becomes real in your soul. I want us to invite online. I want to invite you to pray to in the house. I want us to pray together. Say, Jesus, thank you for this reality that you established through your life, your death, resurrection. Thank you that all of my failures, all of my weakness, all of my sin deleted at the cross and in you, I have new life. I am part of your new creation reality. Thank you, Jesus, for a new start. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him praise. God, we are so thankful. We love you. We give you praise and we thank you. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.